college athlete, this is for you. There's never been a time where it's been more necessary to have valuable encouragement, leaders, mentors, people in your life who are grounded in their faith, who have walked your journey, walked your path, had the same struggles, the same temptations, same challenges that you're facing today. And this episode is going to equip you, encourage you, empower you to rise up above the noise, to rise up above the distractions that you're seeing every day as a Christian on a college campus in a high-profile environment of being a collegiate athlete. You're faced with some unique challenges. So these episodes are definitely going to be something that builds you up, that somewhat insulate you from some of the attacks and some of the things that are around you that are trying to separate you from God or separate you from your faith. So I hope that this episode changes the way you see yourself, your situation, your surroundings, your environment. I hope it changes the way you walk out your faith. And I hope that you walk away different than when you walked in uh, from this episode. So Be encouraged, be blessed, and understand that you're not alone in this. And these guests on these shows have walked the same path. And they're here to encourage you and let you know you can win. So stay grounded in your faith. Stay faithful to being that Christian example. And watch how others follow you. Be blessed. Last in Line Nation, hey, welcome to another episode of Project 222, where we interview ex-college athletes to share their story, share their testimony, share their faith, to empower you as current college athletes in a rough environment, uh, uh, an environment where you might uh, have challenges to to balance your faith and struggles uh, in relationships, getting connections. As an athlete, it's hard already, but being a Christian athlete, presents its own set of challenges. So we're bringing to you faith-filled leaders who have done it, who have walked your path. And today I couldn't be more honored to uh, have Bryce Petty here uh, as a guest on the show. Uh, Bryce was uh, Baylor University quarterback from, uh, I guess, what, 2010 to 2014 and and, uh, was a two-time Big 12 champion in 2013 and 14, Offensive Player of the Year 2013, uh, All Big 12, 13 and 14, and won the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award uh, while he was at Baylor, was drafted in 2015 uh, by the New York Jets in the NFL, got to play with the Jets and the Dolphins, and so had a had a good career there, man. He's done all the big-time stuff there is to do in the, in the game of football and has, has walked a, a – a path that is worth talking about. So uh, currently he's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and prominent figure in real estate and uh, private equity. So I would love to formally welcome Bryce Petty to the show. Ah, man, thank you. Thank you for the intro as well, man. You did great. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, it's easy whenever you got those kinds of 
um, accomplishments behind your name and, and people here, you know, being in the great state of Texas that we are in, people are going to watch this from all over the country, but, uh, being in the state of Texas, I think people know you, even though they may not fully recognize you on this side of the gold face mask, uh, (laughs) when you played at Baylor, but I do know they know who you are. So, man, is there anything else about you? Maybe even aside from sports that you think might help the audience? Cause, cause these are going to be college age kids, you know, uh, watching this and yeah. anything they can connect with you on a personal level. Uh, well, shoot. I mean, I, I think the, the easiest, uh, you know, part of my testimony in there is, is the fact that, man, I waited, I waited a long time. So I was, I was there from 10 to 14, but, uh, I was actually, I graduated high school in 09. Um, and so, and, and, that point you don't hear about it much but i i, I gray shirted so i waited you know basically that following year uh to where i was part of the 2010 class um and then red shirted so it's kind of a it was some there was a period there it's funny that i was only there for 10 or 14 when really i was kind of there you know uh or at least out of high school for five and a half years but um anyway so just just a long a long uh wait you know a long wait for for me to be doing what i felt like i should be doing um, you know, playing football. And, and so there's a lot of ups and downs in between there. But, you know, the, the beautiful part about, you know, kind of delayed satisfaction or gratification, if you will, uh, is the fact that, you know, if you do do it in a in a humble spirit in the way that, you know, God's not going to ever, you know, put you through something you can't handle, one. Uh, and two, even though you have, it's good to have goals, it's good to have uh, ambitions in life, but um, you do that with the spirit of knowing that God's going to put you in the right, in the right spot uh, or, or on the right path. And so, um, it took me a while to kind of figure that out. But once I did, um, you know, if I had it my way, I'd have been a four year starter, you know, drafting number one. And, and it just it never works out better the way you have it than the way that God has it. So that's kind of like one of the, the main points, I guess, in my testimony uh, that I like to share, especially with, with college kids is, um, you know, that it, life is going to present challenges. It's not going to come out the way that maybe you wanted it, but it's always the right way, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And I can imagine, I mean, it's hard to hear that as a, you know, a young, young twenties hearing about how patience was a virtue for you, you know, and you needed to have that along the way because everybody wants it right now and everybody's worked to get to the point you were at and to, to know that maybe you had to sort of delay that a little bit, probably has a set of challenges. And so, man, and and, and this project 222, man, uh, it comes right out of the Bible. It's, it's talking about in second Timothy two, two, where, you know, Paul's telling Timothy, like, take what I've taught you, teach it to faithful men and so that they can mm-hmm. teach others also. So it's really about investing in others and building others up and, and really kind of pouring into people based on your experiences and hopefully they can learn from them. But, uh, man, as we dive in hearing your story about patience and waiting and some of that testimony, man, I, I, I can't, can't imagine talking about that without talking about a few mentors or, or people along the way that sort of helped you like leaders that you sort of, looked at from afar and wanted to try to emulate some of their characteristics. Talk about those people and what about their leadership did you adopt in your own? Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. So on the leadership front, it's, I've always looked at my dad. My dad's always been, you know, that, that guy for me. And, you know, I know, I know that uh, a lot of people that, that aren't blessed enough to say that in terms of, uh, you know, a, a family member being that close, you know, your dad is, is yeah. uh, a hero to some and somebody's not. And, and that's okay. Cause we all have a heavenly father. Right. But, right. you know, for me, for me, my, my dad was in a leadership facet. Um, there was a, there was a sense of perfection. There was a sense of, 
uh, you know, in, in terms of doing something right, always kind of stamping your name uh, on, on doing it right, you know? And so I always, I guess, kind of gravitated towards that, uh, especially now as a, as a dad and as a, as a husband, I kind of see that as I kind of, I don't know, band of the house, I guess, but um, so yeah, leadership role was always dad. And then, um, you know, spiritually crazy enough, I had uh, a buddy of mine that I met my going into my sophomore year of, uh, of college. Uh, it was Chris Walmack and man, we did uh, Bible studies every Monday and uh, would have lunch every Friday and just kind of poured into, you know, a kid that there's, there is a lot of, uh, even though as small as Waco is, it's still crazy kind of being on a national scene, you know, coming from, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in Midlothian, so it's three stop, uh, stoplight town kind of deal. But, um, you know, there's just a lot of things that kind of come with that. And so, um, you know, it wasn't like it was a huge grand level by any means, but uh, still enough for me. But, uh, you know, so Chris was Chris was awesome and, and very, you know, instrumental in, in the growth of me, you know, from a spiritual perspective as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um man, it sounds like you guys kind of helped each other along the way, um, with that too. So that's good. Cause I, you know, I think as we go into some of these questions that I have for you, because I I just, I'm trying to get inside the brain of a college athlete and I just had a son graduate and played who played four years of baseball. And, um, you know, I got another one in that kind of along that journey now. And so I, I try to climb inside their heads some, and, and it's, it's not always easy, but, um, trying to imagine, just connecting like as a new college athlete you know coming onto a campus where you just left a campus that you were probably the big dog right yeah. or one of the more prominent uh yeah. people on campus like I can only I can only imagine that it's hard to build those connections did you did you have um something that helped you to do that the beautiful thing about sport is that it kind of I've always felt like it kind of creates its own fraternity you know and you just kind of gravitate um to people. And, and I say that, um, I've, I've always kind of been like a little social butterfly, I guess. I, I love kind of hearing people's stories. I, I should have probably taken a psychology background, uh, honestly, cause I, I love it. I love, and I think it may, might've been, you know, poison the position of, of quarterback. You kind of have to put people in positions to be successful. You know, so there's certain people you can yell at, there's certain people you got to, you know, pat on the butt. And, and I've always just enjoyed that. Um, um, I think, especially in terms of being, you know, what we call like the BMOC, the big man on campus, you know, in high school and coming to college, you know, it's all about proving yourself, you know, you, the, the grind and the process of, you know, early morning workouts and, you know, playing on the field, all that kind of stuff that guys will, guys, uh, you know, kind of tend to, to gravitate towards those guys that don't really care what they did in the past, because no one cares what you did in the past, um, especially as like an upperclassman, you know, the junior seniors in the locker room, they dang sure don't care what you did, you know, in high school because everybody's kind of competing for the same spot on the field most times. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just one of those things that I just kind of put my head down um, and uh, enjoyed the grind and actually found people that also enjoyed the grind. Um, and so that's that's part of that culture, too, that I love about sports and, and the locker room is if you do have a good culture, you know, the, the, the culture setters are the, you know, uh, you always hear that like thermostat, thermometer, Mm. uh you know kind of comparison but um you know if you have a bunch of guys that are thermostats man that can they can establish a culture of knowing you know hey we're going to adopt these young guys and and that kind of thing and we really had that at Baylor it was it was actually you know pretty cool we didn't let you know guys get too too big of heads coming in and, and right. everybody you know took care of one another nice yeah so as we go into this question I have for you um 
maybe you can give me an idea of what you saw or what you dealt with. So what, what's the biggest challenge that these college athletes have right now? Like, let's say you're, you're talking to Christian athletes. There's a room full of people watching you right now. What's the biggest challenge you would say would be a common denominator in that room. If you could guess from a spiritual standpoint, from relational, whatever. My own personal opinion of that is that, that people forgot how to listen. Yeah. You know, people, people, get in conversations to speak rather than to listen. And I feel like that needs to be the other way around. And so, especially, you know, you're always going to have, you know, social or, or political pressures, um, you know, as, as technology gets more and more and, and um, you know, the more and more life throws at you as you get older to learn what those pressures are uh, because you actually start to care. Um, you know, it's, it's about how, how can you still, uh, you know, exemplify who you are as a human being more so than you're just, you know, your opinion. And so I, f I really feel for, for, you know, our younger generation, because right now, again, this is my own personal opinion. You're, you're exposed to so much so soon. Um, one, and then two, everything's kind of narrated by the media and people aren't as inclined to form their own opinion anymore. And so, when you do that, you have, you know, pretty harsh um, grounds or foundation and something that might not be truth. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're not, uh, you don't care about, you know, someone else's opinion as much to learn why there, there is a, a difference there. And so, um, you know, understanding people, loving people and listening to people um, can turn this thing back around if we, if we, you know, put it in our young guys young leaders minds mm -hmm. now to make that a point um and and if we don't it's going to just continue kind of you know mount up uh to a boiling point to where you know it's just going to be it's just going to be the, the greatest country in the world that we live in now uh it's just going to be really hard to live in you know as 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 kids growing up it is and, and yeah and it's a great point because i i think uh, we all talk about, well, we can blame it on social media. We can blame it on technology, which that is a, you know, a major factor because I feel like we're, uh, we're hiding behind our posts, I think sometimes, and it takes the human element out of it. Right. So you're talking about listening and interacting and really starting to understand each other and, and embrace everybody's differences when it's so easy to just judge somebody off a post, you know, or, or just say something you want to say without really making a connection or li listening to somebody else, you can just kind of spout off. And, and so I think that, man, not that we're ever going to get rid of that. Cause I think it's just, it is what it is, but I think as people, we got to get back to the basics sometimes and kind of the foundations of, of God and his teachings and what he wants us out of us as believers and how to love each other from, like relationship building and listening, not just from posting or liking or, you know, yeah. uh, followers and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I know everybody's dealing with that, not just Christian athletes. So man, what, what was a big, what, what about you? Like personally, like being quarterback on a, on a big school campus, like that, that's got to have its own, uh, issues sometimes. What was your biggest challenge? Would you say like that you had to sort of you know, just kind of to stay grounded. Did you have anything, anything you can share with somebody right now? Yeah. 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 Well, I just think, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, there's, there's, um, uh, the, the identity crisis, I guess, is what I would, I would say, you know, cause I always felt like I had to be, um, I, I wouldn't say be something I'm not. I just, 
I think that it's and it's hard because you put yourself on a uh, or you get put on some times, but uh, on a pedestal of what people of what you think people want you to be. Uh, because that's the, that's the crazy thing about college, man. It's, it's the first time you're out of your house, kind of on your own, you're learning your own way. But that 18 to 21, 18 to 22 is, is a, a huge growth period. I, mm. I feel like, and, and for a lot of people, um, you know, the, the opportunity to go out and, and be, you know, whoever, um, for most kids, college kids can't do that, you know, because there's chances to get kicked out or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. But so for that, that for me was always a, a, a hard pressure, and understanding that it's okay, it's okay to to be bright. It's okay to make mistakes as a human being, um, and to and to learn. But but again, the the identity part of uh, you know, hey, I'm I'm not just Bryce, the football player. I'm I'm I play football, but yeah. I'm so much more than that. And so you got to know who you are as as John or or you know, again, yeah. me as Bryce to know that I'm I'm more than just you know. A football player, especially nowadays, again, where you're talking about how, you know, somebody can post on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you get to see it, you know, otherwise I'd never see somebody from, you know, Spokane, Washington say that, man, Bryce sucked this game. Well, now <laughs> I do. Um, right. So, you know, that, that idea of you had to perform to be liked, you had to perform to be loved. Um, I know I'm kind of talking in circles here in rabbit trails, but, but that part kind of trickled into my spiritual life as well. So, um, all of those things are kind of intertangled in that identity crisis. And so, um, you know, I really like to tell kids that, that, um, you know, football or basketball or baseball is just what you do. It's not who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great, great point, man. Cause yeah, I've said that a lot on here because people do, I mean, it's, it's so hard not to, when you're, especially when you're a really high level, good athlete and everybody's watching, it's hard not to wrap your identity up in that. And so my encouragement is the same as you. I just, you know, dogpile on what you said. And, and man, I got to ask you too, did you have spiritually, did you have like this kind of de defining moment, like for you and your faith where sounds like you were brought up in a good home and, and probably a good spiritual foundation, but did you have a moment where you just kind of woke up and the light went on and she said, man, this is mine. Like, I'm going to own this as my faith, you know, not my family's, not my dad's, not my buddies, you know, was there a spiritual defining moment in your life that you could maybe talk about? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of funny. I, I had a, uh, I had a vision one night, um, not, not vision, like, you know, uh, you know, coat of many colors or anything, but, um, there was, there was an idea of, I walked into a room and I could, I was behind somebody, so I couldn't see their face, but they were painting. Um, and it was a big, like a big white blank canvas. But in my mind, I knew that whoever was painting was like, was really good, like a Picasso kind of thing, you know? Um, and so anyways, I kind of walk around and see his face and, and his face is Jesus. And when I look back at the canvas, he's painting, you know, my life. And so, mm -hmm he's kind of he's in the corner here and then he kind of brings it back over here but like the whole analogy for me was just the fact that like um i don't know what that canvas is going to look like at the end but he does and so there's going to be certain times in life where things kind of bounce off or, or uh bounce in, in different places on that painting but it is going to be a masterpiece when it's done right when you talk about picasso the guy everything he painted was a masterpiece because of who he was Jesus, because of who he is, 
um, as you paint your life on that canvas, it's going to be a masterpiece. And so for that, that for me, for whatever reason, it just put a different sense of, of joy and peace around the fact that I don't have to be in control. Um, the fact that I, it doesn't matter what I do, you know, on the field or off the field to be Bryce and can, can change and impact, you know, my world around me, not, not world, like doesn't have to be, you know, the seven countries It can be the country right here in your subdivision, you know, that, that, that type of impact. And so, anyways, that was kind of like the a, a weird way of saying, it, but for me, it was just that, that analogy of knowing that, that, um, you know, I've got a, um, a masterpiece being painted by the one who is the greatest painter of all time and to just just love and trust the fact that um you know that that is going to be uh you know beautiful in the end and so um yeah. all that being said uh yeah. it was very much you know my mom was a youth minister in, in high school um and and even and growing up um and so i was always kind of in the church but it, again you kind of you always hear about the church, um, the church kids yeah. and, and all that right. kind of stuff, uh, growing up in, in church and they're meant to be a certain way. And so for anyways, for that, for me, it was just kind of, a an aha moment of, man, this is, this is to your point, stamp my faith. My faith is, is, you know, uh, I guess that was uh, sophomore year of college. Yeah. That's good. No, that's awesome. Uh, that's a cool vision. I mean, that's, I mean, to paint that picture paints a, picture right like it paints a picture of yeah. what our what our perspective should look like when it comes to just knowing that he's got a plan and it doesn't always happen when we want it to but you know we just kind of keep the main thing the main thing and that's kind of the message i want to get across to these athletes is you know it's bigger than this this compartment you're in right now i know everything just seems like your world is wrapped up oh, in yeah. this one thing yeah. right it, everything just is is magnified and life is only about this but there is you know, 10 years down the road, there's something bigger in this little part of your life as an athlete, while enjoy it, you'll have relationships for life and you'll just build so much of your character through this. It's such a small aspect of what you're maybe meant to do down the road. Even if you play 20 years in the NFL or in professional sports, right? It's still a small in the vast scheme of things your life is still a small part. So, um, man, what would you give yourself? Like, sitting across from the table as yourself 20 as a 18 year old or whatever. Right. So uh, you just turned 30 most recently, probably. Right. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. all that. So 20 year old, 18 year old version of yourself walks into college campus and you could give yourself one piece of advice, a couple pieces. Of, what would you say to yourself that maybe you wish you would have heard as a freshman? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm all, man, we were so, dude, we were so blessed to have Coach Cause. Um, coach Cause is our strength coach. Um, and I, I love that guy to death, but he always made us think differently. Uh, it's, it, I've never met anybody like him, but, you know, so, so our, our freshman, uh, you know, orientation was pretty dang good. Um, but, you know, for, for me at, at 30 years old, telling me, um, something would just be to trust the process, you know, trust the process and enjoy the process. Cause you know, there's a, there's a lot of days, um, long days that you're not, you don't have to do this in high school. You didn't have to do this in junior high. Uh, but waking up at, you know, 5am to, to work out and, uh, you have that big workout and then you got to go to class and you got to come back and you got to, you know, there's just a different kind of lifestyle change, but, um, man, to enjoy that piece and, and to know again, um, 
that you're you're so much more than just a football player and that's okay and so I feel like you put a lot of that that pressure on yourself as a young at a young age to be something uh to make something of yourself and you got all this hype and all this you know again the social media world that we live in now but you know you you have all these things that that externally put pressure on you to perform now uh, you know I would tell, tell my you know younger self as, a, as an athlete um to just enjoy the moment just enjoy uh the purity of the game um, building lasting, you know, friendships, lifelong friendships, like you said, um, that, that kind of, uh, thing goes way beyond the, you know, the field. And so, um, I'm, I'm just, I've always been a big process guy. So I've, I, I enjoy telling young kids to enjoy the process. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's hard to keep that perspective, but I mean, I would say it, it just kind of reinforces our point about you got to get good people around you that can sort of see, kind of a path you might be going down that you don't see yourself or maybe keep you in check sometimes because unfortunately when you talk about hype like some I think a lot of the kids nowadays equate hype to dollars right so the more yeah. hype and the more notoriety I think equates to you know an income down the road for for them and, and I get that and there's really no nothing I can say magically that'll change their mind on that but at the same time I think keep it in perspective is what you're saying and which is golden uh a piece of advice and enjoy the process and the journey and man get somebody around you like that you said that strength coach and and I, I would assume you know every guy's got one of those on campus probably but find somebody that you can you know, get honesty from and truth from, but that still cares and loves you and, and can adjust your perspective sometimes. And, um, but yeah, I, that's a great piece of advice to yourself, um, man. So, so finally, like this last bit here uh, for somebody out there that's, that's listening college athlete, of course, but man, every moment kind of matters along this journey, I think, and to be present in the moment and to not take things for granted. So how finish this sentence for me. I made an impact in the lives of my teammates because. Yeah. Um, I, again, I kind of go back to, to what my, my personality is. And, and so my, the, the way that I'd finish that sentence is, is that, you know, impacted the, the teammates of my locker room by, by just loving them. And, and I, I truly did love each and one of those guys, man. And, and it's fun to, um, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that football, you know, kind of provides it, you know, some, some other sports don't, but you just get guys in backgrounds that you'd never meet. Um, and so it's, it was just, again, kind of go back to what I enjoy in life is learning people's stories, but, um, you know, being around, being around kids that grew up inner city, Houston, you know, that I'd never otherwise meet or, or growing up with kids in, in San Antonio or, you know, that were in, in you know, Dallas and uh, Oklahoma and, and just, just different, different perspectives on life and that, that, you know, I didn't always get. So um, I think, I think that's the, it kind of goes back to that root of a little bit of what I was talking about yeah. uh, in terms of where there's a huge challenge uh, for, for the kiddos, uh, you know, today. Uh, that if you if you don't have a perspective of human first, then it just it makes it makes life tough. Um, and especially as, as football, uh, you know, is is that team that ultimate team sport. You gotta love you gotta love you guys. You gotta love the, the guys you're shopping up with, shopping up for, and um, you know, in doing that, I, I really found joy, you know, in, in loving those guys. That's great. Yeah, and I imagine. I imagine you still keep in contact with a lot of them too. And that's, that's cool. And that's a good kind of a gauge on 
impact and, and real relationship is, you know, those people that you still reach out to, you know, I don't know, eight years later or whatever. So man, Hey, I, I appreciate uh, everything that you brought to this and making yourself available. Thank you for the interview, man. It was good to meet you uh, again, watched you a lot and, and respected your, your game and, and really uh, appreciate you making time today for me, audience. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's your, it's your journey. Uh, enjoy the process. Like you heard Bryce say, and, and understand how to listen and love people and, and just stay engaged, man. And find somebody that you can really use as that support system, that leadership mentor that you trust a godly person, like stay grounded in your faith, make faith, make it your own and, and watch what God does in your life. So till next time he's been Bryce Petty. We've been last in line. Be blessed. Supposed to